You're wonderful and such a good father. Oh, let all my life tell you who you are. And the wonder of your never ending love. Oh, let all my life tell who you are. Let your such a good father you are wonderful and such a good father so help me to
redemption in his heart. morning church come on let's get ready to worship this morning come on we serve a god of impossible amen come on we're gonna praise him give all our worship this morning come on let's put our hands together come on we sing there is no shadow there is no shadow that is ever Show me one thing you can 
thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and mercy. God, we praise you this morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise.
Again and again, you love and I 
true. 
It is not by my own to have the helper at my side. The gift was fully purchased when the Lamb was crucified. So now freely I can ask Him, for His blood has washed me clean. Let the dove of heaven rest upon the Christ in me. Let the dove of heaven rest upon Christ in me. Holy Spirit, come and rest upon the Christ in me. Holy Spirit, the truth, the living water. All we need is more of you. We want more of you. Holy Spirit, the helper and
Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Lord, where everything in this world tries to distract us, it stimulates us on such a physical place. Lord, you have called us to be spiritual beings. You have called us to enter in in a spiritual way, in a deeper, intimate encounter with you, spirit to spirit. I feel like there's an invitation this morning to go deeper, to really have this spirit to spirit encounter with the Lord on a new level, that it bypasses how we physically feel, it bypasses how our mind worships him and enters into him, and it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection with his spirit, with Holy Spirit. So Father, we just come in today we lay aside everything, every thought that we came in with, every thought, everything that we have to do. We lay every list down. The busyness of this season. And we lay it down. And we come before you as spirit beings, and we just come into fellowship with you. We thank you that you have given us a spirit, and then you have given us Holy Spirit as an inheritance, as a sign that we are joined with you, that we are your sons and your daughters, that we're not alone. And that it doesn't matter what's swirling on around us. That we can come into union, spirit to spirit, and be renewed and refreshed. Not by the chaos of this world, not by the outward stimulation, but by you and by your spirit. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you that no one can take that from us. Lord, I pray that every wall of distraction that would hinder intimacy with your spirit would go in the name of Jesus. as we go into the most spiritual season, the greatest celebration of the coming of your son, Lord, I pray for an increase in everyone here 
of spirit in spirit to count encounters with you. It's why we're here. It's why we celebrate. It's why we worship. It's all about you. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that guarantees us that we're in the family of God, that we're never alone. And I pray that everyone here senses that in a new way, starting today, but even through this entire season, God. May your spirit be poured out upon your children like never before. And let strength and renewing of our spirits come every morning, daily, every moment. Draw us in as your children daily, God, to refresh us, to strengthen us, to renew us. so that we can pour out to those that we meet, Lord. We thank you. Let us be the light this season that you've created your children to be. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good morning, Redeeming Love. Can you just hand me my sheet? Thank you. We have quite a few uh, things coming up. I want to make sure I grab them all. Woo. I hope everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving with family and friends. It's so awesome to see so many faces this morning. And um, I'm sure you're probably still coming out of your, your, tur your turkey comas. So uh, I'm glad everybody made it here this morning. As you can see, Christmas season has started. There is a tree in the back with angels on it. Um, this is part of our Angel Tree Prison Ministry. It started last week. There are a few more angels on there. So please take an angel. Um, and Stephanie will be back there if you have any other questions and you purchase a gift and you bring it back. Also, we have, um, we're putting together teams for delivering of those gifts. So if you're interested in that, if you love going and seeing the faces of children as they get their gifts, um, this is definitely for you. If you love outreach, this is an amazing way to encounter and to engage the culture and to be there for families during this time. So again, Stephanie will be back there at, after service and um, she will answer any questions you have and you can grab an angel and you can also sign up to deliver. Also, if you took an angel off the tree and you didn't see Stephanie, just make sure you touch base with her so she knows what angel you took and she can make sure that every child gets the gifts that they, um, that they asked for. Also, next Saturday, December 2nd from 10 to 12, 
is membership. If you haven't gone through membership and want to go through membership or um, you were doing the classes but you missed a couple of classes, this is a great time to make up for those. It is a all-in-one from 10 to 12 here and um, it'll all be done in one shot. So next Saturday, you can sign up for that on the back of your Engage card. Um, but next Saturday, 10 to 12. Um, also, this coming Wednesday, we are going to be having healing services from at 6.30 here at the church. I know everybody's like, wait a minute, what happened to Holy Spirit Encounter Night? That's the following week. But this Wednesday at 6.30 is healing services, and we are strictly going to be going after healing. Um, we're raising up a new healing team, and um, this is just a great way for them to um, start to practice, but come, because every time we come, the Holy Spirit is here, and he does miraculous, miraculous things. So you're not going to want to miss that. That's November 22nd, this Wednesday at 6.30. Also, if you're looking for ways to get involved in Redeeming Love, on the back of your Engage card is definitely um, different areas where you can serve. Um, if you're like, hey, I can't do it on a Sunday, there's the cleaning team. Basically, you get to come whenever you want. But there's always different ways to serve. So check one of those, and we'll get more information out for you. And... I think that's it. Right now, we're going to reach our hands out to a child to dismiss them. Lord, we just thank you for these young ones, God. We thank you for these leaders of tomorrow. We thank you for what you're pouring into them, Lord. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would be with them, that you would fill them today, Lord, and engage kids in joy and in love and in excitement, Lord. And Lord, we just pray more of your Holy Spirit as they have Holy Spirit encounter moments in their classrooms. And Lord, I bless every single teacher, Lord. Inspire them and just give them wisdom beyond their years. In Jesus' name, amen. And Pastor Matt will be bringing a message in the new sermon series, Divine Health, after these video announcements. Five million children have a simple wish this Christmas to feel loved and remembered. When a parent goes to prison, families are torn apart, and all too often children are left feeling lonely and ashamed. With Angel Tree, you could be the hands and feet of Jesus to hurting families in your community who have a loved one behind bars. You could remind children they are never forgotten, and it starts with a gift. Angel Tree volunteers deliver a present, the gospel, and a personal message of love to children on behalf of their incarcerated parents. What a testimony of God's love it is to the incarcerated parent when you provide a gift to their child in their name to close the distance between them on Christmas morning. With the help of volunteers across the country, Angel Tree has delivered more than 11 million gifts to children on behalf of their incarcerated moms and dads since 1982. It all starts with a gift. For you and your church, Angel Tree Christmas can begin an ongoing, life-giving relationship with prisoners' families. You can help precious children strengthen their connection with their incarcerated parents. 
grow in their faith and learn that they are overcomers with great God-given purpose. You give a gift. Families unwrap hope. What better way to celebrate the birth of Jesus? The greatest gift of all. Come on, come on. How's everybody doing today? That was good. That was good. I, you're overcoming that tryptophan coma. Praise God. Um, divine healing. We're going to start a new sermon series today. And, um, you know, I didn't ever realize how much of a favorite topic this was of mine until I, until I uh, got to it here. But I love the topic of divine healing. I really do. Um, it's one of those topics that's difficult to approach. It's one of those topics that's uh, always going to be surrounded with uncertainty. There will be times where you will pray for people and they will not get healed and you will not know why. But that is just the way that it goes. Uh, but it's one of my favorite topics. And, um, you know, the reality of this, I've got a lot of teaching here, but before I step into the teaching, the reality of divine healing flows from the place of intimacy with God. Without intimacy with God, we'll never have divine healing. We can just forget about it. If you don't have an intimate relationship, we're all called, every member, of every person who's a Christian, every single one of us, we're all called to heal the sick. Jesus said to his disciples, heal the sick. He didn't even tell them to pray for healing. He actually just told them to go and do it. I can't heal anybody. I don't have that power within me. And yet that's what he told me to do. And yet when I command healing over someone and they're healed, it's not me that's healing them. <laughs> but none of this works outside of a relationship with Jesus. And the deeper and more intimate this relationship with him, the better the results that we're going to see. The better the results that we're going to see. It all flows from this place of intimacy with him. So I've got some notes today. We're going to talk for about three weeks. Uh, that's what's on the schedule anyways, unless uh, something changes and the Holy Spirit wants to go longer, which he can. He can do whatever he wants. But we're, we're going to have two healing services. We're going to have one this Wednesday, and we're going to have one the following Wednesday on Holy Spirit Encounter Night. We're making both of these upcoming Wednesdays 
healing services specifically. We're specifically going after healing. So if you know somebody that's sick, if you know somebody that's healing, uh, that's hurting, needs healing, invite them here over the next three Sundays. Invite them to the two healing services that we have coming up. Get sick people here. Get people that are hurt here. Get people that are injured here. Get people that were born with some kind of a de degenerative disease. Get them here because Jesus will heal people. It's not a question of if. He will. I'm telling you right now, he will heal people. We will see people healed. The question is, who's going to come? It talks in um, Luke chapter 5, when they let the man down through the, the roof on the bed, it says that that day as Jesus, as it says that as the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came and they gathered together to hear Jesus talk, it says that the presence of God was present to heal. None of those people that were there, none of the Pharisees, none of the teachers of the law put a demand on the Holy Spirit. And none of those Pharisees, none of those teachers of the law got a healing. But a few friends had a friend who had a need. And they said, we're going to get this man to Jesus. And they couldn't get there because of the crowd that was gathered at the door. So they cut a hole in the roof and they lowered him down. Lord, let it happen now. Somebody just come and cut a hole in the roof. Let him down. I, I pray that the crowds, when we have healing services, they get to the point where, 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 we, where people can't get in the door. <laughs> and they cut a hole in the roof. Where they, can't get, where they can't get in the door anymore. Jesus is still healing today. We've seen it. Uh, we've seen so many testimonies. I, I started keeping track. I got over... I got over 50, uh, then we had 25 people healed in a day, and now it's three and four a week. Uh, just this week, someone texted me and said, hey, I'm sick, and I'm, I've been throwing up, and this and that. Pray for me. And so I texted back that I'm praying for them, and of course I am praying for them. They texted back within the hour, I feel better, I'm already eating. Within an hour, praise God. It just, they're just, it's just rolling at this time, at this point, guys. We just, we just got to just stay in with it. So... My effort here today is to teach you a little bit about divine healing. My hope is that you'll get faith for healing to the point where you begin to pray for others for healing. Where you're here, where you're there, no matter what, that you would just have this faith, that you would begin to pray for healing. I just got to adjust this just a little bit. Okay, that's better. And you would see the miraculous. I'll tell you what, man, once you taste, once, the once you get bitten by the bug... <laughs> Oh, divine healing. Oh, your life will never be the same. There's just this fire and this passion starts on the inside of you. Uh, there's nothing else that'll satisfy. It's just the presence of God. It's a manifestation of the presence of God. So let's just uh, jump into some teaching here today, and uh, we'll, see what we, we'll see where we go. Today's sermon series title is entitled, uh, Faith for Healing. And so if we're going to pursue healing, it really all comes down to faith. If you go through the scriptures and you look at all of the different testimonies of Jesus healing, all of throughout scripture, whenever there was a story or an account of Jesus healing somebody, he always is commenting about the faith, the faith of the individual, the faith of the person, the lack of faith within the disciples. And so in every instance that we see, it's always about faith. And so we have to have faith for healing. And what's become evident to me over teaching for a few uh, different sessions. We have a healing small group going on right now. We, we have this book. It's uh, 
The Real Faith by Charles Price. If you want to know more about faith, if you want to know more about healing, I recommend you get this book. It's one of my top five favorite books in my life. Pastor Tom turned me on to it. It was one of his top five books. Bill Johnson recently has come out with his own um, comments on the book. So it's been a staple in his life for years and years. And so this book, The Real Faith by Charles Price, read that book. And what becomes obvious, what became obvious is, is really funny. We sat down as a group, the, the healing team this semester, and we get together week one. We've read the introduction in chapters one and chapters two. And the team came together, and uh, about five or ten of them all had the same comment. I thought I knew what faith was. I thought I knew what faith was. I learned that I don't know what it is, and I need to learn what it is. I need to figure it out. And so today I want to talk to you, and I want to ask the question, what is faith? What is faith? Let's read some scripture. Matthew 17, 14 through 16, it says, And when they had come to the multitude, Jesus is coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. When they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, and he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? I want to stop and interject for a moment. Jesus is not talking to the man with the son. I want to make it clear to you. Jesus is not talking to the man with the son who was not getting healed. He was talking to his disciples. He was talking to his disciples about the fact that they didn't have faith for healing. We'll see this again in a moment. If I put all the scripture in here, I don't know how far I went. <laughs> how long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, and they said, why could we not cast it out? I love this. I love this. You look, look at what's going on here. The disciples have become so accustomed to healing and being able to heal disease, and being able to take authority over uh, unclean spirits. They've been so accustomed to being able to do it all the time, regularly, that now it doesn't happen, and they're like, hey, what's up? Why couldn't I do that? Why didn't it work this time? I long for the day that healing becomes such a regular place in all of our lives that we come together and you guys are coming up to me on a Sunday and you're saying, hey, Pastor Matt, what gives? I prayed for this person on the street and he didn't get healed. Like it's a, it's a shock that it didn't work. <laughs> Far too often. <laughs> it, it, too far, we, we've come to this place in Christianity today as we know it that we're shocked when healing works. I pray that we flip the script and I pray that we come to a place where we're shocked when it doesn't work. How could it not work? How could it not work? I don't understand this. How could it not work? This is where the disciples are out. How, how could this not work? It's worked and worked and worked. And how, didn't it, how could it not work? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as of a mustard seed, 
if you have faith as of a mustard seed. We don't need a lot of faith. We don't need the faith of the whole world. You'll hear people say once in a while, I've got the, whole world, I've got the faith of the whole world for this. No, you don't. No, you don't, because you don't even need that much. You only need a mustard seed amount, and if you did, you'd be moving mountains all over the place. Left and right. This one over there, that one over here, this one lay down over here in the valley, make that nice and flat. Got a great place to build a house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Move from here to there, and it will be, nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except through prayer and fasting. Except through prayer and fasting. Now, as we saw in the story, Jesus didn't stop and call a fast when he prayed for the child. He didn't stop and pray a long prayer for the child. There's places, uh, there are places and there are times for intercession and there are fasting, but it's not in the outworking of healing. Those things, this prayer and the fasting that Jesus is talking about, this is stuff that has gone on beforehand. This is stuff that he did in this secret place months and months ago, days and days ago, weeks and weeks ago, years and years ago, four years and years and four months and months. And so he drew closer to the Father. Fasting has a way of taking out of our life anything that stands between me and him. We fast, and it, when we fast, when we fast and we give up these pleasures for a certain time, it's not so that we can twist God's arm and get him to do what we want. It's actually a cleansing of our own heart. In times of fasting, it actually purifies us and it aligns us more with what he wants to do. Oh, come on. Come on. Why could we not do it? Because of your unbelief. If you had faith as of a mustard seed, if you had more faith, it would be done for you. It would be done for you. It would be done for you. And so the pivotal thing here becomes faith. Do we have enough faith? Do we have the faith? There's a lot of faith in this house. This is partially why we see so many healings on such a regular basis. Uh, There's a lot of faith here, and there's a lot of reasons why that is. Uh, Pastor Tom's a man of faith. Pastor Tom's a man of great faith. I'm a man of faith. I have great faith. I actually believe that uh, I have one one of my gifts is the gift of faith. Many of you, when you take the gifts test, you're going to come up as having the gift of faith. I'm, I'm just telling you because we've done it. We've, we've given the, test, the gifts test out to people that have attended the, the Activate Your, small, your Spiritual Gifts uh, small group, and you've come up as having the gift of faith in your top five, many of you. Why? It's not an accident. Why is it? Because I speak faith every single Sunday, and you're going to go someplace where you like to hear faith spoken every single Sunday. So I could be talking about the moon, and I'm going to talk about faith. It's just the way it is. I can't not talk about faith. We're talking about anything you want. Pick it, football, anything, and faith is going to come out of my mouth. And you like it, and you show up on a Sunday. I'm not saying you like me. You like the fact that the faith just keeps getting spoken about, and you should. We should all like to hear about faith. Biased uh, by somebody who, one of the top five, is the gift of faith. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but it's the level of faith that we have, this corporate level of faith that we have that gathers us together that healing happens. We have one of our core values here at Redeeming Love is a, is a value for the presence of God. 
We value that. We heavily value the presence of God. When God shows up, healings happen. When God shows up, uh, uh, provision happens. When God shows up, deliverance happens. It just happens. Sometimes we, we pray. Sometimes we lay hands. Sometimes we command healing. Sometimes it just happens in the midst of worship. This is just who God is, and this is just what he likes to do. And so when his presence comes, these things happen. What is faith? We're talking about faith. What is faith? Let's get a better definition because if we, we can't get it if we don't understand what it is. Hebrews 11.3 gives us a definition. Faith is, it's telling us what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I, it, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> now, I, let's be honest, guys. In the natural, this doesn't make any sense. But it comes back to what Pastor Stacy was talking about while she was given that exhortation from the Lord earlier. There is a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection that we need to establish. There are some things that we need to learn we can only learn by the Spirit, guys. Faith is a spiritual commodity. Faith is not a natural commodity. You're not going to get faith by jumping through hoops. You're not going to get faith by doing certain things. Faith is a spiritual commodity. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. <laughs> How many of you, um, uh, this is gonna, we're gonna go way back here for a minute. Um, how many of you guys remember going to Pizza Hut back in the day, right? And you'd go into the restaurant, my parents took me there as a kid, and you'd go into the restaurant and you'd stand in line and you'd order, and then they would give you, a, you'd pay, and then they would give you a receipt, and then they would give you a little number, right, with a little, little triangle plastic number, and they were often color-coded, and they would give you that little triangle, and you would go sit down at your table, and when your pizza was ready, they'd bring it to you. How many of you remember that? Yeah, the hands are, there's very few hands up. This is... I guess I'm I guess I'm going way back. <laughs> uh, so some restaurants still do this. How many, of you, how many of you have ever had this experience at a, maybe a different restaurant other than Pizza Hut? Or Pizza Hut. Okay. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I was just thinking, we just did this recently. It was that it was while we were on vacation. I was like, yeah, nobody's been to that restaurant. This is so watch, you know, you get your little receipt. And you get your little triangle, and you go and you sit at your table. And you're sitting at your table, and a friend walks by, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And what do you say? I'm having pizza. I'm having pizza. And they look at, they look at you, and they look at the table, and they're like, I don't see any pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm having pizza. Don't you see my little triangle? The evidence of things not yet seen? Don't you see my receipt? Don't you see my receipt, the substance of things that I'm hoping for? It's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you it's coming. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. We, we obtain a good testimony when we have faith, when we stand in faith, when we get faith, and when we walk by faith. 
by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made with, from things which are visible. We understand that. That's what scripture says. We just read it. You understand that the things of this world were not made from anything that is visible. Yes. And so if we understand something, then repeat the process. Here's nothing. Make something. I know. I lost you again. It's spiritual, guys. God spoke. Things happened. And things were created out of nothing. God spoke. And the world came into existence from nothing. This is what faith is. This is what faith does. Mark eleven twenty through 22 now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you has cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. I want to jump back to verse 22 here. It says, have faith in God. This is New King James. If we were to look at this in the Young's literal translation, Young's literal translation doesn't say have faith in God. It says have faith of God. Have the faith of God. If you had the faith of God, you'd be able to say to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and it would be done for you. It's not that we have faith in God. It's not just about believing in the fact that God does healing. It's, it's to believe that God wants to heal, and he wants to heal you, and he wants to heal you now. And that is the faith of God. And we get the faith of God by asking him for it. By just asking him for it. This is faith, and this is how faith works. We can't work it up on our own. It's not my faith. It's not my joy. It's not my faith. It's his faith. I get it from him. It's his joy. I get it from him. It's his peace. I get it from him. What do you have lack of? What do you have need of this morning? It's found in Jesus. Get it from him this morning. You need faith for healing? Get it from him. You need faith for your marriage? Get it from him. You need peace for that work situation? Get it from him. You need joy for the trial that you're going through? Get it from him. We get it from him. How do we get faith? Here we go. I encourage you to do it. Now I'm going to explain how we do it. How do we get it? All right, here we go. First scripture. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the races that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who started your faith? Jesus did. Who finishes your faith? Jesus does. And who helps you with every single increment between the start and the finish all the way along the path. Jesus does. That's right, we're back in children's church. The answer to everything is Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> we, he starts it in us, right? 
it's the it's the love of God that leads men to repentance. God loved us and showed us, and we turned to him because he loved us. And so he starts, he authors the faith in us. And then we get it in our in our heads. Oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna go hard after this, and and I'm really gonna do this, and I'm gonna be. No, you're not. Faith doesn't come through striving. Faith comes through surrender. Faith doesn't come through striving. You can't work for it. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. Charles Price, in that book, The Real Faith, he says this. He says, we have made faith a construct of the mind when it has always been a divinely imparted grace of the heart. We have made faith a construct of the mind when it has always been a divinely imparted grace of the heart. I'll say it one more time just in case you didn't get it because I didn't hear anybody. (laughs) Your response helps me to move on. (laughs) We could be here all day. (laughs) We have made faith a construct of the mind when it has always been a divinely imparted grace of the heart. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. The Bible says that with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and is saved. It's heart belief. And we think that we can figure it out, we need to figure faith out, if we can just think rightly enough that we'll have faith. You can't do that. You can't do that. There are, great the- there are great thinkers all around the world with no faith. There are great theologians who know the Bible forwards and backwards and they don't have faith. Because it's not here. You can't get it here. It's only here. Faith comes to your heart. Faith is in your heart. Have you ever known that you've known that you've known that you've known something but you don't know how you know it? Yeah, you knew it here and you didn't know it there. You knew it in your heart and you didn't know it in your head. How did I know that? I don't know how I knew that. I know how you knew that. The author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and then sat down at the right hand of God. And so here's a few keys to help you as we run after Jesus. It says, therefore, since we are so gra- surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight. And so if there's things that are holding you back, they've got to go. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. Give up the sin that t- continually pour, pour, pulls you down and create firewalls that the enemy would have to break through to get to you, right? And run the race. Come on, get some passion in your life. Run, 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 run the race. I'm not saying you actually have to physically run. Just get passionate about Jesus with endurance, right? And when it doesn't happen the first time, just keep going. Set yourself on a course that you're never, ever going to stop. That's what endurance looks like. Looking unto Jesus with our eyes fixed on him. Romans 10, 17. How do we get faith? Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's interesting. It doesn't actually say that faith comes by hearing the word of God. What? It says that hearing comes by the word of God. The word hearing here, the word, oh, I'm sorry, the word word here is actually the word rhema. It's not the word logos. 
right? So there's two different Greek words for the word word. This is the word rhema, not the word logos. The word logos is actually technically written words. The word rhema is an actual spoken word. And so faith comes by hearing, and hearing, we come to hear by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing God. You know, in, in so many of the times when I've seen people healed as I lay hands on them and as I pray for them, I've heard God speak in those moments, and they wind up getting healed. George came and he said, uh, pray for my wound. I, I had a pacemaker put in. Pray for the wound, that the wound would be healed. So, so I in, instantly, faith rose up in me. And the Lord said, don't just pray for the, the wound, pray for the heart. And so I said, okay, I'll pray for the wound, but I'm going to pray for your heart too. Prayed for the heart. He calls me 10 days later from the hospital. I pray for people and they, they call me from the hospital. And he says, Pastor Matt, the wound didn't heal, so I went to the hospital. Pacemaker's not there. They did scans. They can't find the pacemaker. It's not there. The next day, he calls me back from the hospital. He said, they did scans in my heart. They're not putting the pacemaker back in. My heart's fine. That was the word of God. The word of God came to me. I had faith. We prayed. It happened. Recently, I was uh, praying in, um, for, for a... Um, uh, with a group of pastors, somebody had a headache, and, I, and they said, hey, let's pray, and so I lay my hand on the person, and we're praying, and, and um, as, I, as I'm just standing there waiting on the Holy Spirit, I hear the Holy Spirit say, neck, pray for the neck, and so sure, that's connected, and that'll work, but it could be anything else, too, and, but the, the Holy Spirit led me to pray for the neck. I prayed for the neck because the Holy Spirit told me to, hearing, and Faith came, and she was healed instantly. Instantly. How did that happen? We heard God. How do you hear God? Hearing comes, from, hearing comes by the word of God. When Lynn uh, was in the hospital years ago with Josh, and the, the doctor said, it's a hydatiform mold, it's not even a baby, God spoke to her and said, you have a healthy child. Faith came in that moment. It may have been a hydatiform mold before that, but God said, you have a healthy child. And so from that point on, God was at work. And as you know, Josh is completely healthy. Why did it happen? Because of the faith that came because the word of God was spoken. How do we hear God? We hear God by being acquainted with him. How do we become acquainted with him? By reading his word. So it does come back to this. How much of this can you get in you? You're not going to hear God if this isn't on the inside of you. How much word can you digest? The Lord's read me to, to read eight chapters a day, and, and I do my best. I don't do it every day, but I do my best. I read it, I read it, and I read it. I've read it, I've, I've read it, I can't even count how many times. I don't even know. It's not like I haven't read it before. I've read it cover to cover. This is my 17th Bible, guys. <laughs> 17th Bible. Pages keep falling out. This one's already, I've got one page that's loose already. It's terrible. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Show me a life... Show me a Bible that's falling apart, and I'll show you a life that's staying together. Show me a Bible that looks pristine on the outside. Man, that life's probably got a lot of trouble. There's a direct correlation. How much of this can you get in you? Oh, baby. <laughs> How much of this can you get in you? <laughs> I have these scriptures up here on the board for your benefit, not for mine. I know these scriptures. I could, I could speak them out without having them written down. 
because I just, because you just know it. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When you hear God, it's over. It is over. Faith comes when you hear God. Faith comes and it's over. I, it, it bewilders my mind at this point. I understand that I'm, I'm mature in my faith right now, but it, 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 it boggles my mind at this time, except to understand that the disciples didn't actually understand that Jesus was the Christ at this point. But they're in the boat. They get in the boat. Jesus says, get in the boat and go to the other side, right? And then they get halfway across, storm comes up, and they're, they're, they wake him up, and they're like, we're going to die. Did Jesus say, get in the boat and go to the middle so we can die? Where is their faith? And Jesus says as much. Where is your faith? They didn't yet realize that he was the Messiah. If they had, they would have known this is God speaking. And if God said we're going to the other side, then we're going to the other side. There's nothing the storm can do about it. Is there a storm in your life? It doesn't matter. There's nothing that doesn't do anything to the plan of God in your life. The storms can't touch the plan of God. This is good news. <laughs> Why do I have so much joy? Because that's part of the reason, man. I understand this concept. When God speaks, the, what is the, the storm? Oh, my goodness. What is the enemy trying here? You know, he gives up after a while. At least he has for me. The storms are, are or maybe I'm just not noticing them, but they're, they're far less. There's still storms. Luke 17, 1 through 4. <laughs> Love this. Okay, we're going to read, I think, 1 through 8 here. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense, again, remember, we're asking ourselves, how do we get faith? Okay, so as we read the scripture, remember, we're asking the question, how do we get faith? Then his disciples said, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. This is a bizarre scripture to actually be talking about faith with. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were to, throw, be to, and he were to be thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against him, against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times returns and says, I repent, you shall forgive him. So Jesus is talking about offense. He's talking about forgiveness. He's talking about being offended and that we need to offend, and that we need to forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive again, and then forgive again. And what is the, and what is the apostle's response? The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. This is interesting. The, Jesus is talking to them about offense. He's talking to them about sin and forgiveness. And the idea that we need to forgive and forgive and forgive. And what's the apostle's response? Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. They knew they needed faith in order to accomplish this ability to not be offended. They knew they needed faith in order to forgive. Faith is a component of forgiveness. When we forgive, we're, we're, we're by faith placing the individual who wronged us back into the hands of the Lord. By faith, we're doing that. And so if you don't have faith, you're going to have a very difficult time to forgive. And so if you're having trouble forgiving, ask God for more faith. Increase our faith. 
So Jesus said, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted into the sea, and it would obey you. It would die there, by the way. But it would obey you. And which of you have, here, watch this, watch this, watch this. And he says, and which of you have a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once, sit down and eat. But ra will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself. Serve me until I have eaten and drunk. And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, you, when you have done all of those things which were commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Remember, Jesus is telling this story about the servant in response to them asking for more faith. Jesus is telling this story about how we're to respond to certain situations in response to the apostles asking that Jesus would increase their faith. What's the, what's the premise of the story? The premise of the story is humility. The premise of the story is not thinking of ourselves more highly than we should. The premise of the story is not looking for the reward when we've done what Jesus has asked us to do. This is the premise of the story. I mean, I'm boiling it down real simple for you. But it's really how much of a humble attitude can you maintain? And so you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You'll lay hands on people, pacemakers will be removed, tumors will be removed, lumps will be removed. All of this wonderful things will happen. And if you're looking for a pat on the back, it will decrease your faith. But if you come and simply say, I'm, I'm an unprofitable servant, I've only done what was my responsibility to do. You know, I, I take it as a responsibility to heal the sick. I don't do it very well. I mean, uh, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of healings. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm just saying, like, I want my percentages to go up to the point where I'm like 99, 98, 99, 100% healed. That's what I want to see. And so until I'm seeing 98, 99, 100% healed, I'm just not going to be, I, I, will, I will say that I'm not really good at until I start hitting the 90s, right? Because that's, that's what I'm accustomed to when I, when I take a test, you know, when I, when I go through whatever it is, 90s, that's what I'm used to. And so until I'm seeing that per kind of percentage, I'm going to say that I'm not very good at it. I want to get better. I'm unprofitable. I've only done what is my duty to do. All right, so last thing I want to talk about today, and I'm going to make this real brief on this part, is that how do we use faith? Now that we have faith, if we've acquired, I know I gave you a lot there about the acquiring stage, and that was the intention. And so I'm going to give you two aspects today about how we use faith and how we, we distribute it once we have it. Okay? Number one, Acts 4.29. Now look now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. And so one of the things that we do when we use faith, when we go to use faith, is we need to use it with boldness. We need to use faith that God gives us with boldness. And so when we pray for someone that's sick, we command healing. We stand in the place of authority. We have to understand that we play, stand in the place of authority. That's the second point we'll see here in a moment. 
But then we use boldness. With great boldness, they preach the gospel. With great boldness. And so when God gives you faith, step out and be bold. Step out and be bold. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, the Bible says. And so that violence is boldness. And so when we go to use faith, use it with boldness. If God actually spoke to you and he told you something, then you just declare it. You speak it. Be bold about it. Think about, the, think about Peter and John going up to the gate, beautiful. And there the beggar man sits, and, he, and he's asking them for something. And Peter looks at him. He fixes his eyes until the beggar man looks back at him. And it says he looked at him supposing that he would receive something. And Peter says, silver and gold we do not have, but such as we have, I give unto you. Be healed in Jesus' name. Rise up and walk. Grabs him by the hand. Pulls him up. Now, it's... it's um, it's presumption to pull someone up or out of a wheelchair or knock their crutches out from underneath them unless God has spoken to you. It's presumption. And so we don't heal people by yanking them out of wheelchairs. We don't heal people by kicking the crutches out from underneath people. That's not how it works. But <laughs> that's not how it works. And I tell my healing team, if I see you doing it, God hasn't spoken to you, man. Whew. That's not how we do things. That's not how it works. But if God speaks to you and says to do something, talk to me first, especially if it's pulling somebody out of a wheelchair. <laughs> we'll do it together. <laughs> I, 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 when I first started chasing down healing, I thought, man, you know, I see Benny Hinn, you know, uh, there was a video one time that I saw where there was a woman who had a tumor growth and it actually hung out from her body. And uh, he gave instructions to the ushers, and they went in the back room, and they got a kiddie pool, and they brought him out. They brought out the kiddie pool. They made her stand in the kiddie pool, and he either punched her, I can't remember, and this tumor just dropped off, and it fell into the kiddie pool. And I'm thinking, like, punching people? I'm like, I am not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. And now I'm into this healing thing for, I don't know, five years now that we've been seeing it in, in a in much greater way. And I'm thinking, like, man, if the Holy Spirit ever spoke to me and said that, I'd have to do it. But man, I'd have to ask him like a hundred times, Jesus, are you sure? Jesus, are you really, really sure? Boldness. Boldness. It's not those who shrink back. Those who shrink back in the day of battle, their faith is small. We're not of those who shrink back in the day of battle. We approach this with great boldness with great boldness. And we have boldness because of authority. Jesus came to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Why can we have so much boldness? Why can we declare so plainly and so boldly? Why can we declare these things? It's because of the authority that Jesus has given us. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said, and he gives it to us. He gives it to us. We are his emissaries on the earth. We are Jesus here on the earth now. It says in Scripture that if Satan had known what would have happened, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He would have never had killed Jesus on the cross because he knew that what he was getting in return was millions of Jesuses all running around the planet. Come on. There's millions of us. 
and we all have the power and authority of him. As Jesus is, so are we on this earth. As Jesus is right now, resurrected, glorified, sitting at the right hand of God, as he is, that's how we are in this world. We are seated at the right hand of God. We have the authority of Christ. As I walk through the world and I'm walking with Christ, Christ is walking with me and it's just like Jesus walking down the street. And the enemy's like, I can't say it. <laughs> See? The last time I said it, you guys were all like, oh my gosh, Pastor Matt said that. <laughs> the authority, come on, you have to understand your authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. When Adam is in the garden, God speaks to Adam and he says, I've given you dominion over the earth. I've given you authority over the whole earth. Now Jesus comes back and he, and he, he um, it's not resurrected, he reinstates the authority. There's a word, um, ah, it's not the one I was looking for. And he does it even better than before. He does it even better than before. He's like, listen, restore. He restores it. Yep, yep. It's one of those R words. And he does it even better than before. I think it is restoration. Yeah, re restore, restoration. And he does it even better than before. He's like, listen, I know Adam had authority over the earth, but I'm telling you right now, guys, I'm giving you authority over the earth and over the heavens. Yeah. What does that look like? What does that look like? Holy cow. Holy cow. The only thing... <laughs> The only scripture that, I know, right? The only scripture that keeps coming to mind every time I read this and I think that thought is the scripture in Daniel where he says that, uh, where the angel Gabriel comes to Daniel and he says, hey, I heard your words and for, 20, 20, for 21 days, the uh, Satan, the prince of the air, he restrained me for 21 days. And as soon as your words were spoken, I came in response to your words, but I was delayed by him. There's no more delay, guys, because we have the authority over the heavens. I honestly, honestly believe this, that we now have the authority over the heavens. In times of old, in the Old Testament, there was a delay in Daniel's prayers coming to him. We don't have to have that delay anymore. We have authority over the heavens. Speak to the heavens. Speak to the angels. Speak to the demons. I mean, don't always ask God. But, you know, I mean, out of re very respectfully, just command the demons to go. There's, there doesn't have to be respect there. You just command them. I mean, you don't want to... It says that, um, what's the scripture? Michael, when he, Michael, Michael, when he fought over the bones of Moses, would not bring a reviling accusation against Satan, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. That's what, Archangels are going to do. This is the position that I'm going to take. I'm just going to rebuke demons, command them. I'm not. I don't. I'm never going to call them names because that's not fitting. It's not fitting. But I will take the place of authority. I will take the place of authority because it's been given to me. It's been given to me. I, we are kings and priests on the earth. You are a king, and you are a priest. You are a king. It's, it's for every Christian, guys. You are a king, and you rule, and you are a priest, and you inhabit the presence of God. This is what it means 
to be a king and a priest. You have the authority to rule as a king. And you have the ability to usher in the presence of God as a priest. Walk out these two things in your life. And it would be crazy. Walk those two things out. Rule with the authority of a king. And bring the presence of God in your life and everywhere you go as a priest. Let the presence of God be so heavy upon you that when you walk through the grocery store, people fall out. Simply because the presence of the Lord walked into the grocery store with you. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you for faith. We thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith. We thank you that you increase our faith increment by increment. And God, we give you glory and honor and praise. God, we are asking today, God, we are asking today that you would increase our faith in a supernatural way. God, that you would give us faith for healing. God, that you would give us faith for miracles. That you would give us faith for deliverance. God, that you would give us faith for every single thing that we need. God, I pray right now, increase faith all across this room. Increase faith all across this room. Lord, I pray right now that you would even speak to people right now in Jesus' name. God, that you would whisper into their ear, that you would speak directly to their spirit regarding certain situations. And that when you speak, God, that faith would be imparted and that those things would be accomplished in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And that situation that you've been battling will be a battle no more. Because faith comes. Because faith comes. Because faith comes. I'm going to end with one last story. Uh, and it's not going to have very many specifics in it. But there was something that I um, wanted from the Lord. And I had asked from the Lord. It was, it was, um, it was a good thing. You know, I was praying for somebody to be saved. And um, I had asked for the Lord, and I had prayed and prayed and prayed. And I think I prayed for about six months. It was really heavy on my heart. and It was something that I really dedicated. And I prayed for six months. And then after six months, there was a release from me having to intercede any longer. There was just a release in my spirit. I had the substance of things hoped for. I had the evidence of the thing that I had not seen yet. Because that salvation didn't happen in the natural. But I knew that it had been accomplished in my spirit. Because God dropped faith in me. And so at that point, I actually stopped praying and asking God for it. Because I had, I had attained the faith. And it would be two years before I saw that individual get saved. I prayed for six months. God imparts faith. I stop praying, and I wait two years for the answer to that prayer that I prayed for six months. Sometimes faith works like that. We ask God. He gives us the faith. Once we have the faith, it's a done deal. There's still a timeline that has to be worked out. But in my spirit, I knew that it was done. Amen? Amen. Pastor Stacy, come on receive the offering this morning.
I know you may think that I know what my husband's going to be preaching on every Sunday. Other than divine healing, I didn't know what his topic was. But when I was praying about what to say about tithes and offerings, the Lord said, talk about faith <laughs> that it takes to trust the Lord for our finances. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, like Pastor Matt talked about faith, we need it for healing. We need it for, honestly, every area of a believer's life. Yeah. We need to have faith. And same thing in our finances. And so I just want to encourage you. God wants you to have faith in your finances. He wants you to trust him that if you give, you will receive and he will take care of you. And it takes faith. And I know Kenneth Hagin talks about, he says, faith takes, he says, it's spelled risk. And I love how Pastor Matt talked about that boldness, that when faith comes, you have to kind of step out and do something with it. That's how we actually receive more faith. It's by doing something with the faith that God has given us. And so the same thing with our finances. When God gives us faith or, you know, if I'm up here and all of a sudden you're stirred like, you know what, I really feel like the Lord is challenging me in this area because I'm barely making my, my bills every single month and I just don't have that little extra or whatever to give. You're saying, where would the rest of it come from? We, I remember being in that place of, of living paycheck to paycheck, and when the Lord started to convict me about giving, I was like, okay, like I don't know where that's going to come from, but it took a step of faith to be obedient because the Lord said, I want you to do this, and it took faith. It took me to step out and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this, and I love that it is that one thing that the Lord says you can test me with. And so I just want to pray this morning for an increase in faith um, in, our in your finances, to trust God that he is going to give you more than enough. It says, the birds, the air, do not worry about what they will eat or drink. How much more are we important to him? And so, Lord, I just lift up every person that's here right now, God. And, Lord, I pray right now for an increase in faith that they would hear you and they would have faith imparted to them through your word, through your, um, through your rhema word, Lord God, and that they would hear your voice and that you would give them the boldness that they need to step out and to trust you with what you've given them, Lord God, with finances, Lord God. So I just pray right now an impartation of faith to everyone here to trust you more and to not worry. We thank you, God, that you say you will take care of your children. Yeah. And we know that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So, Lord, we just thank you for everything you're doing, Lord, for stretching us, for increasing our faith to move more and more of the mountains in our lives. Yeah. Where that we have authority in every single area, including our finances. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And at this time, um, we just want to call up Pastor Tom and Lynn. We um, want to pray over them. They are going to be heading out for a couple of months and doing some traveling. And so we just want everybody to join with us as we send them off. If you know uh, Pastor Tom at all, he has talked uh, for years about yes. going out on the road, and that is becoming a reality. They are out of here. Yes, they so excited for him. Um, 
be snowbirds. They're going to they're going to be snowbirds. Texas uh, snowbirds. Texas snowbirds. So we're thrilled, and uh, we just want to pray over them. Extend your hands toward them as we pray. Mm. Father, we thank you for Pastor Tom. We thank you for his love for you, the man of God that he is. God, all that he has sown in myself and Pastor Stacy and so many others here at Redeeming Love. God, we just pray the blessing of God as they go. Lord, that you would make a way in all things. God, uh, no traffic. God, great fuel stops, great fuel mileage. God, everything that he, they need uh, as the trip unfolds. God, just go before them. Lord, yes. uh, prepare the way yes, before them, Lord. Lord. We pray supernatural, mm. abundant blessing over them yes, in Jesus' Lord. name. Lord, we just pray favor in every place they go, Lord. Lord, we know that they are just soul winners for you. And right now, Lord, we just pray that you are lining up every person that they are to encounter, every soul that they are to, to lead to Christ. And Lord, we just thank you, God, that you will provide everything that they need over these next couple of months yes, that it would lord. be refreshing restoring yes. lord god even as they spend precious time with joshua lord we just pray right now invigorating um just rest and refreshing and lord we just pray re rejuvenation um even of their youth lord god in their bodies lord god let it be such a time of joy and fun and just fellowship with you and with one another in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love so love on them as, uh, as you guys are being dismissed and wish them um, blessings. And right now we are going to have um, also our prayer and healing teams will be up yeah, underneath the screens. So if you need healing of any form, come up underneath the screens. And also don't forget Wednesday night, healing night. Also, there are angels on the angel tree. And if you're a first time guest with us, you can make your way over to the Connect Corner. We have a, get a gift for you, a free t-shirt, um, and someone would love to meet you. So have a great week. And we'll see you next week. Hey, be sure to love on Pastor Tom and Lynn. Share some love with them before you go as they're headed out. Amen. <laughs>